Recorded live from Stockton, California, this is Jammin' with the Best. What up, guys? It's been a while since we made those noises. Hi, guys. It's been a while since we've had Crash on. <laughs> that is true. Hi, I'm Crash. You remember me? Barely. It's it's a, it's quite hazy. It is. Hey, it's, what, what do you got there? Through Haze? Through the Haze IPA. Yeah, nice. thank God Fair. we ran out of beer. And Fair Republic. We ran. We did run out of beer. We ran out of keg beer. One of them. We ran One out of, of kegged them. IPA. IPA. Yeah. And we have stout, which pff, 106 degrees out. Hell no. <laughs> but we do have moonshine that was shipped from uh, the East Coast. And THC Arnold Palmer. We have a lot yeah. of things. We also yes. have a guest, too. Yes, we have a guest from the East, from the East of the Vermont area yeah, of the countries. Jeff Spring, yep. the Disc Golf Pro Tour, tour director. You got to kind of pause in that. It sounds sound like a stutter. Yeah. The, the Disc Golf Pro Tour, tour director. Yeah. What are you drinking? First of all, thank you for coming on. And then, thanks for having me, fellas. Importantly, what are you drinking? Well, I've actually so right now I'm I'm drinking uh, Lawson's Finest Liquids, which is a uh, brewery here, uh, just about a half hour away from me. Uh, Pretty well known in the Northeast for making some heady IPAs. So I'm drinking Sip of Sunshine right there. I love uh, Liquid Sunshine. Yeah, I expected to be out on the road right now, obviously. So I I had kind of packed up some some like dry storage beers, but like being back in Vermont, it's, it's like just... better access to some good stuff. But uh, no, this is, this is delicious and appreciate you guys having me on and uh, looking forward to Jen. Yeah. Welcome. That's, that's a, I guess one of the good pros of being at home and all this negative is you have a little bit more access to wonderful beer. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, definitely a bright spot. There's, there's pros and cons, but I, I won't complain about it. Yeah. So what has this time been like for you? Do you, I was going to ask what's your average day to day? Is there even an average day to day or is it just kind of hitting on all cylinders and putting out different fires? Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, the average day to day, we have like a kind of a recurring meeting schedule and then, you know, regular, um, you know, uh, different meetings week to week. So I, I'm going usually eight to into the evening. Um, and then it seems like I've been doing a lot of work on the weekend. So it's been pretty busy just kind of prepping and we're trying to, you know, hem up all the different parts and pieces of, of restarting, you know, during this, the pandemic. So there's a lot of details and a lot of folks to run everything by and a lot of people to get opinions on. So there's a lot of communication right now. And then obviously like before we knew we were restarting, we were doing a lot of, um, trying to get creative with content, like the virtual putting invitational thing. And, uh, then we also did like a best shot bracket. We were doing more social media stuff and reusing clips and just trying to keep content going. And, and then a lot of interviews with pros checking in with them. Like we use the virtual putting invitation to do that. So it was kind of like very irregular, like doing media stuff up until recently. And now it's just like planning, 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 talking, talking, communicating. And yeah, just a, just a little crazy. And then of course, like we, we know that um, in the past week there's been civil unrest in our country, um, yeah. you know, and, and we've, you know, been working through how best to, you know, respond to that and, and, you know, offer support to, you know, the, uh, the community in Minneapolis and, um, African Americans, minorities, and, and kind of, you know, put our stance out there on, you know, uh, just supporting equality and denouncing racism. So like that threw a curveball into this week, but you know, one that needs attention as well. So yeah, uh, a lot of, a lot of interesting, um, schedule changes, I'd say. And, uh, it's kind of unfathomable that we'd be uh, back out on the road pretty soon, but I'm starting to try to wrap my head around it. Um, cause that's coming right up. It's pretty exciting. 
Yeah, going back to the civil unrest part, your guys' response to that was pretty on point. Yeah, I appreciated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the quick blurb on that is that, you know, we, you know, I basically, you know, wrote a couple paragraphs on like, you know, what I was thinking and then kind of sent it to our team. Everybody, you know, put their two cents in, um, including our owner, Todd. And um, then, you know, we posted it. And so uh, it represents kind of what everybody was thinking. Everybody could get behind it. And, um, you know, uh, we didn't want it to be generic. We wanted to be specific. And, and um, I, we felt like it did that. But um, now we're trying to, like, look to what we can take action on and do, actually, to uh, to follow through on just kind of our stance. Because, you know, it's, it's been clear that, you know, I think the minority communities, African-Americans, like, just feel like, you know, they've been placated before. People have put out messages before. And there hasn't been necessarily a lot of action taken in terms of, um you know, trying to figure out a way to make an impact on um, promoting diversity in the sport, because we know that, you know, it's predominantly white, but, um, you know, there's, there's definitely some diversity out there. And like our focus this year actually was going to be on and has been on like, you know, elevating the the women's side of the game. Yeah. And yeah. Now, now we're thinking about like, well, how do we take some of the plans that we had and, and kind of, you know, incorporate, you know, diversity as well. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're looking at donations. We're thinking about what we're going to do with the Minneapolis event mm-hmm. coming up at the preserve and, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe, you know, donating to the George Floyd Memorial, um, fund, um, which I think is definitely in our plan. So yeah, it's, uh, appreciate you saying, you know, you thought it was a good response, but, you know, really, you know, we just tried to share what was on our minds and, and, and put it out there, uh, and just affirm, you know, what our values are. And we're in a learning process, I think, like everybody else, um, in terms of like just seeing this wave of information from, you know, minority, the minority community, from the black community saying, you know, hey, maybe it's not been good enough in the past. Here's where you can learn. So we're trying to yeah. listen and learn now and then figure out what the next steps are. And, um, you know, I think it's okay to say we, we, we're planning on having like a, a little, um, going live next Monday doing a, a, like a diversity forum. Of course, our media manager, uh, Mahmoud is, um, originally Iranian. And so he's a minority as well in the country. And he wanted to like bring some voices together. He's not been feeling too great, but, um, I think yeah. like next Monday might be a go. So we're trying to reach out and, and, and just kind of use our platform to like let voices, you know, be heard. Um, and, yeah, I think just like anybody else, uh, it's we're we're trying to like understand that we don't know the answer, and we're trying to listen a little bit and um, and and just figure out what the best steps are, and and how we can use our platform, what we have, like what we've um, you know been working on to to elevate the message. So, love it, full support from us, and yep. we love Mo. I think that was one of the really cool and interesting hires over the off season he's he's a guy that that we have a lot of respect for and i think he does his job awesome. great and i'm happy to see that pairing what was it like changing up some of the staff and being able to bring in someone like mo what's what's that process like yeah well just to speak to mo about mo i mean he's man he's got probably one of the most rugged worth work ethics i've ever seen i mean i i have to like continually you know try to make sure he's not uh, burning out um 
obviously like I give them, like we, we give them a lot. We have a lot of goals. And so we, we push pretty hard. Um, but that said, I mean, he, he, he pushes even harder just per himself personally. So his work ethic is crazy, super creative, um, you know, like really coming from a journalistic viewpoint, but then with experience at ESPN and seeing what, you know, professional studio, um, you know, how it operates and what the best practices are. Uh, I think it's, it's been hard for him, like coming from that and then going to a freelance role where he's able to kind of, you know, control what he wants to do mm -hmm. into like, you know, an organization where we do have specific goals and he's got to, you know, he is the manager and he doesn't have the same resources that he had at ESPN. Um, but like making the best of it and he's done an awesome job. So, um, that's my two cents there uh, in terms of putting the staff together. Yeah. I mean, um, during the transition, um, it was basically just like figure out a way to get to the end of the year last year. We had a yeah, big yeah, change and yeah, yeah. And big change in moving the tour championship, um, which was kind of like way up in the air when we, when we stepped in um, and, and, and started running the brand. Um, so, and just to be clear about that, you know, Steve had a company called disc golf USA, which is still in existence. And he, um, that company sold the brand to a new company that we formed to run the tour. Okay. Um, and so when that, when that company came in, um, Todd and, and I formed it and it's called Loa LLC and that that's the company that runs the pro tour. And so it was just, you know, no employees at first. I was the first employee, I guess. And then, um, we, we kept, um, Seth Fendley who was, uh, working for Steve and, and the pro tour, uh, you know, I think since 2017, he, he joined, um, in as a smaller role and then he built his way up and kind of was pretty much second in command, I think, uh, yes. from everything, you know, I understood and, and cause I was working with the tour from the start, you know, um, in the capacity of tournament director and then working as a kind of a lubricant between Steve and the PDGA. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but <laughs> But yeah, so like Seth, Seth stayed on. He wasn't an official employee. Like we contracted him for that year, but then he was our first like official hire. Like mm -hmm. when the calendar year changed and we said, okay, hey, we're going to now start hiring official employees. Um, and then we focused on like retail and marketing and media. And so I think Mo was our first hire and then Aaron Wilmot. Yeah. Um, we talked to yeah, Aaron a lot. He, yeah, Aaron's a man. Um, Thought Space, he's still, you know, we wanted him to keep, you know, churning out, uh, you know, what he could, obviously his majority of his time is spent like on retail and marketing for us, but, um, he's still able to work with his team at thought space. Um, and I think they're still, they're still doing great stuff and we're, and we're actually contracting them for some designs and stuff. We did too um, recently. Just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, and they do some awesome stuff and we're happy to have his creative, uh, his creative mind and spirit on the team. So, yeah, yeah but like in general, like we went down kind of the list, like basically there's probably triple the amount of roles that I'd like to hire for the team. And you guys, like we were talking before everything started, you guys are trying to hire somebody else, right? Yeah, absolutely. One, maybe two. And you know, it's a, it's a great problem to have, to have the demand for more workforce. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I want to, like, I have like a, basically a flow chart that I'd like to put, you know, probably double the, the eight, I think we have nine people now, um, technically on our staff and I'd like to have it probably be 30, um, eventually, but you, you obviously people are, 
cost the most, you know, yeah, yes, it yeah, seems like your reason. They also help the most. They help more than anything yeah. else. You know, you can, you can grow exponentially with, with the right minds working towards the same goal. Absolutely. Um, and actually the role I was in before this, I was the director of the ski and ride school at Smuggler's Notch Resort, um, as well as mountain biking and then disc golf there. Nice. And so in the winter, we had about 300 people on staff. So like we had a whole hiring team and a, about 20 supervisors. And I learned like th- the hard way over the course of like a decade working there um, that, you know, you got to get the hiring process right. Um, yeah. Because it's like you, you invest so much in people, you yeah. want to you want to make sure that you know, even the right people are brought in like through a good process and are, you know, onboarded and given the resources they need. So like just that experience helped me say like, here's the structure of, of like how we're going to approach this. We have like a lot of positions here, are the key positions we're going to hire first and here are the expectations, here are their roles. And then of course, as people come on that flexes a little, you got to be flexible and, and figure out what people's strengths actually are. But we've hit the nail generally on the head, I think. I'm happy with our entire team. Everybody is, like, really well-suited for their roles. Uh, we're making small tweaks here and there, like, making room to hopefully hire a couple more people on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going back to your original question about, you know, that process, it was uh, – it definitely, like, you know, took a lot of time, and it almost put us behind on what, like, our what our schedule is. But, like, after Seth was on board, like I outlaid, like, this is how I want to approach, like building the team. And I was like, I think it's worth it to take that time. And it did put us a little behind in like prepping because tour championships, end of October, I get back like into Vermont in November. I put out a call for applicants. You know, you have to have the job description. All of a sudden it's January and we're hiring. And then we're like, Oh, we have to have all these assets. We have to like, you know, have all our, our partners. You know, like, and that was all going simultaneously, yeah. but it, it just like never stopped. Like the, the fact that we tried to, you know, move the tour championship and pull it off, which I think was a good decision, just to keep continuity and flow, um, you know, and, and a lot of fans don't even know that the tour is run by anybody different. You know, they just, yeah. they're like, oh, you know, like, it's just going to go. If you're a, a disc golf junkie or if you're a big fan, you probably understand the story of the transition or, mm-hmm. you know, that there's a new management team. But, we, like, we don't need, you know, the casual fan doesn't need to, like, dig uh-huh. in necessarily. Um so like, you know, for, for us, we wanted to keep that continuity. So it's not like, oh, well, you know, do I support this new team or not? You know, I'm just a fan of the brand. I'm going to continue to be a fan of the brand and um, they're delivering on what they said. So we tried to deliver on what was, what was set up and then, you know, set the table for this year. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, at some point we're going to probably get a, a break. I don't know if that's true. But. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll You're see. Going into fast forward now, though. Right. You guys uh, exactly. have killed it too. You guys have done a, a a really good job. You and the whole crew. It's been it's been nice to see, and that's that's no slight on what was done prior. You know, there it's it's an interesting thing too with with the the few different tours that were announced at the same time with Disc Golf Pro Tour with disc golf world tour and what was the other one that was i think salient was it the american Sa- disc golf tour or something or, like that yeah, i think that was it i forget i mean but but to that point there were you guys are the ones that are left and now tours. it's the pro tour and then the national tour and majors yeah and it's been interesting to see it all shift and then just you know back to that point of you guys are doing a really really good job and you know we're, we're thankful for it for the the growth of the sport and you know, events to showcase the the best in our sport. It's really, really fun to watch. So thank you. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to know like the full impact. I remember like talking to Steve a lot about that, like, especially in the last year, like what is the impact of the pro tour on the sport? What, yeah. what support would it, should it, should it, or could it warrant from, you know, either manufacturers or people that, you know, have some money to support a tour like this and, or, or the PDGA, you know, like, I think that was a common topic too. And so, um, it, it's hard to quantify, but like, you know, I think just the fact that, you know, there is an organization that can, you know, keep pushing towards, you know, elevating that game for the professionals. Like I, I love watching pro sports. I'm a huge yeah. sports fan. So yeah. like, it makes me want to go like my favorite sports. I like to go play. I like to like keep up with, I like to watch the media, like then like invest a little bit in. So yeah. hopefully, like you said, that, that kind of keeps that ball rolling. We get more fans through that and more players. And um, I think it, I think it all works together. So well, you're, it's a you're, fun industry. You're in a good yeah. position. I mean, you're the only tour this year now. I mean, there's not much it's not else. Even the world. So talk about, I yeah. mean, your championship pretty much is Worlds now. Yeah, to some extent. To yeah. an extent, I know yeah. there's different parameters to that. Well, and it's I, been a different yeah. format in previous years, yeah. too, the, the Tour Championship. But still, man, it's really exciting because now yes. it's the only thing out there, which is as as it yeah. should be because we need pro representation. We need a pro tour, which this is it, we're, a true pro tour. Yeah, and we're thinking like hard about how we want to approach the tour championship. Now um, we haven't like set, like this is the format this year yet. We were gonna preseason, but we're like, let's just kind of get into the year and get some feedback. I mean, it's obviously going to like, I think like right now we're talking about, we're trying to reassess, but like $50,000 added Yeah, cash is like the minimum for that. But like, we're talking about like, what do we want to do with media? Do we want to make a bid at like a national national broadcast and those yeah. talks have been going on be, be okay. behind the scenes um, yeah that's good charlotte stuff. yeah, you're, yeah you're what are those discussions yeah. like yeah. And, and and who, who are they yeah. with if you can announce with. that <laughs> i can't really announce yeah, anything but you know like obviously sir. mo mo coming from, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's nothing to it now so i'll put it that way <laughs> yeah oh shit no but uh, actually mo coming we... from go, go oh, for well we have said we are willing to run pro worlds and it won't be pdga but We'll run a pro world out here this we year. We can do it, dude. We we're, can do it ready. this weekend. We could do it tomorrow, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a awesome. bit of a logistics nightmare for all the competitors, I don't but know that's how not our get department. To get here, but it's it's on. <laughs> yeah, actually, when when Worlds was canceled, I felt like there was like um like a lot of disappointment, but also some people were really relieved because of the travel uh, implications yeah. that there would have been from like actually like GMC in Vermont to Utah, to Charlotte or like to Rock Hill, you know, yeah. it would have been a, a crazy month. Um, that said, I, it's still going to be crazy. I mean, yeah. we, uh, the Jonesboro event is October 1st through 3rd and USDGC mm -hmm. starts, I think like four days after that. Wow. And it's Whoa. also going to be now, wow. I don't know if you guys saw that it's going to be the, um, women's U S championship as I well. Saw that. Wow. That, was Good. that was announced. We actually had yeah. Paige in the shop Monday and Tuesday, and she was on the phone a lot with, with different people. I'm not sure how much, you know, she would want us to say, I think she's probably comfortable with all of it, but I know that, that the, there was those discussions going on because they didn't, they weren't going to have a major this year Yeah. with USDGC right. always being one division, one champion which is, mm -hmm. you know, fun, cool, and that's, yeah. that's great. But, but to, you know, deny an entire gender of a major yeah. 
this year and having, you know, some, some chance at a, at a major title would have been awful. So I'm glad something did happen. I saw something this morning and I just didn't have time to even swipe up and read it. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's important. And I, I know that the talks have been going on behind the scenes for a while. I, uh, I almost wanted like a couple times to say something. Cause I saw like there was a little bit of turmoil about it. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so. But I, you know, I, I, I always kind of had a sense that, that Innova would step up and, and make it happen. Um, and I'm glad that they did, you know, yeah. uh, Jonathan Poole is, uh, run a great event for a long time and, and it only makes all the sense in the world to like offer the venue to like absorb the pro side. You know, I know that there's one thing I'd say is there's a lot of like am women, um, and even like age protected divisions that aren't going to get that chance, yeah. um, which is a bummer, you know, like it's, it's just the pro division, but, um, you know, I, I do think that that's better than than not having the pro division because you know like the pros are really staking their whole you know lives on it right yeah, they're they they're trying to grind out like events and, and travel and tour and you know without a major it would have been you know absolutely you know kind of crazy to have a one men's major if you don't have a women's major so yeah. i think it's a good thing um I'm, I'm, I'm happy they stepped up and did it for sure i kind of yeah. hope it stays this way going forward to have both at usdgc yeah, yeah. seems logical yeah, I, I agree. I think that that would be awesome. The one thing I do know is that the team in California that had put together this year's U.S. Women's yes. um, is on the schedule for next year. Yes. And I think that from everything I've heard, they're pretty awesome. They're going to so, be like, great, Janet. They, uh, yeah, they're very close to us. Yeah, they're you guys aren't that far from the them, right? No, yeah. we, yeah. we could throw a disc to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. You guys want it there next year, but like if like they didn't award a bit after that um, and just kind of mm -hmm. shifted it to to Rock Hill, I, I agree. I think that that's that's a wait a second. Then we can't bid on it. Never mind. We, then we can't bid on it. So you know, <laughs> shit. Just need more yeah. majors. We need more majors. We need yeah. more majors for uh, exactly. the hey, Well, well the USDGC has really kind of been like the masters of disc golf, right? Because it's the one that doesn't yeah. move. Yes. And so, yeah. Um, like I, I would support like I and I think like people have been talking about it in the PDGA, like on the board from you know what I can tell, but um, I think there needs to be a fourth major. Like I, I just yeah. want. Yeah, tennis has four golf has yep. four we should have four there was yeah. five a few years ago in there was golf. five when there Paul was, won them all in 2015 yeah, there was five in a few years back and, yeah. and there's been three i think yeah. it went from, from five to three yeah it doesn't make any like, sense it's weird there's no yeah, continuity they've had like the australian open the japan open like i think yeah. that they're trying to you know the pdga wanted to have that flexibility my understanding was to like be able to like grow the sport in other countries like as an international organization, they're yeah, like, oh, that. hey, cool. we're going to put a major here in Australia, bring all the pros, bring all the spotlight. It's a major. You got to go to Australia. And then from my understanding, like it kind of seeds a little bit of growth in that area. And now Australia is a little bigger. So yeah. like I definitely get that. But at the same time, Just do it every year, even then. if it's a. Yeah. Do it yeah. every year. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the yeah. open championship in, in traditional golf yeah. that moves around and it goes to different countries yeah. in Europe. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. my geography is terrible. I've like, been wrong about and that. And then, like the European Open was, mm -hmm. and disc golf was a major one year. And then the next year was a European yeah. Masters. Kona Peace Day. Kona Peace Day. Like Aussie it just, Open. It's like call it the same yeah, name. You throw it, it at the wall and you see if it sticks. If yeah. it doesn't stick, you pick another place. Yeah, and I'm or, fine with or testing just, stuff. Or just call it the same name. Like because we're gonna have a we're gonna have a major in Rotan. 
Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to go to Rotan. We're, we're building a course in Rotan, Rotan one day. Yes. I'm still not okay. sure where that is. It's... Neither uh, you guys. It's Belize, I think. <laughs> it's in the ocean. It's it's, it's pretty. It's, Roatan. It's, Honduras. We can't get in there. Honduras. Honduras. It's, okay. We can't get in there right now because they've got they won't open their borders. There's a yet, lot of places. We, what they go. do, we're building a course there. On a, what was it? The Pete Dye designed yeah, uh, nine, nine hole golf course. Golf course. What about the sixteen With, courses on the island? Oh, oh Alon. Hey, did you see Alon. that? Alon. Yeah, Alon. Did you see that? It sounds like finished for. Island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very well might be, huh? Did like you a, see like the... a different language. It just says island. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I did see that. That, yeah. that looks awesome. Actually, like before I took the job here, I had done a little work for Disc Golf Park and uh, the guys there, Erno. Um, I can't pronounce his last name. It starts with a V, but he, he's kind of been like one of the guys working for, for UC and uh, he's done an awesome job and Austin, Austin Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, with this yeah. golf park, like building it out in the USA. So I'm not surprised. Like, UC is always thinking big. Erno's yeah. probably involved in that. I think a couple other people out there, but like, I, they're they're probably going to crush it. I can't it's wait. Pretty to exciting, go, isn't it? Yeah, um, let's go. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, next time we do a podcast, so let's go there. Do there. Uh, do it from uh, there. Yes. Next time. I am year. in. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing tomorrow? But no, I mean, <laughs> I actually got to go. Um, speaking of like the European Open slash Championship slash masters because i think like i've seen european championship and european masters Mm -hmm. in 2017 i got to go to yarva i think it was a european championship that year maybe it was the masters but uh that place is awesome like that place should have a major every year and every other year i hear that it's going to be closed and then it actually doesn't close (laughs) yeah i don't know what's up with that that. (laughs) they're trying to create i don't know what the actual status is isn't it like a giant community park type thing because isn't there like a bunch of other weird stuff going on there too so i actually i actually do know the backstory now and so it was a dump and then they covered it and like let it like slowly evolve into like a park uh but it was kind of a junkie park until disc golfers designed a course there surprise Um, it was a disc golf park and then then like then they like took a great amount of pride in it made it super nice everybody loves it but like the long-term plan from the city just like right outside of Stockholm, um, it was like to turn it into a cemetery. Oh wow! Uh, so like, oh. so like, like even though so they're like it's gonna be a dump. We're gonna like cover it up. We're gonna like like let it turn into maybe a park in the meantime. Yeah. And then eventually, when it's like nice enough, like we'll just turn it into a cemetery. Wow. That was like a long term plan, uh, is my understanding of like the that that like parcel of land. Uh, but now like the the city is like, okay, well now it's time to turn into a cemetery. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? This is like one of the best <laughs> golf courses in the world now. Like you can't do that. <laughs> no. So that's where like the fight is. And like, everybody's like, I think every other year you have to raise awareness is like, they're about to shut this down unless we get some action here. Um, but so crazy. Yeah, I, don't, I, just... I don't know where it is in that cycle because it's, it's almost shut down a couple times and then it seems to be safe. So. It's so crazy. They can't just pick out a different piece of land to put a cemetery. Yeah. Like, right. why does a cemetery need to be on a specific piece of land? Yeah, this is where my game that's is supposed the, to be. That's die. what the plan Not was. Other people. <laughs> that was the plan. You got to stick with the plan. No change of the plan. Can't change the plan, bro. Nope. nope. No matter plan, what. That's the plan. It was voted on. <laughs> it's voted on. We're done. Voted on shit. No change of plans. It's, it's surprising how common, not that story, but the story of disc golfers creating uh, or making a park much, much nicer than it was. 
how common that is and how I don't think people outside of the disc golf world would would expect that. But that's that's it is something. No, that they look at us as the community. homeless guys in the park playing disc golf. That's not entirely wrong. Either. <laughs> that's I mean, <laughs> both parts are true. A lot of depends on the park. Depends on the park. You're right, but the, yeah, but yeah. First course I ever played like Waterbury Center Center Chains in Vermont. Um, same thing. I mean, I think it was just like a little corner of the park that was kind of ignored and kind of weird. And now it's you go there, it's it's delightful. It's Forces, awesome. They, yeah. They're doing a good job right now. We care. We care about our disc golf courses and making them pretty. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Jeff, how'd you get into disc golf? Yeah. Well, you just heard where I played my first round. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the story goes, and I, I've I've ended up having to tell it a couple of times recently, but um, the story goes that I I grew up as a camper at an overnight camp in Sharon, Vermont, which is a little south of where I grew up. I grew up in central Vermont. And uh, Sharon, Vermont is like kind of closer to the New Hampshire border, not that far from Massachusetts, uh, probably like two hours from Maple Hill, north of Maple Hill. Okay. And so I went to this overnight camp and like, you know, was it for like eight years, then became like a counselor in training, then became a counselor. My favorite thing to do was to play frolf. Right. And so I was like, went to college, came back, was a camp counselor, went to college, came back, was a camp counselor all through, you know, like that was my summer job. And, uh, you know, like uh, free time, you know, kids pick. uh, And like, I was always like, if you want to come with me, we're going to play frolf. And it's like, Hey, throw it to the flagpole. You get to design the next hole. Okay. You're going to go up to this cabin. You're going to throw it out of the rec hall, you know, like (laughs) over to that tree, the big tree in the Hill, go over to like, you know, you know, uh, over to cabin six up to Woodside down the hillside. And so we would just have fun. And like, it was like the most fun thing I ever ever did like as a summer as a summer activity um and i would teach kids to throw frisbees everything like that i never really got into ultimate i played soccer but um my buddy josh who was a camp counselor with me you know knew you know we we played catch we played frisbee we played froth all the time and one on one year uh we got done camp he's like hey you know uh what disc golf is and i was like what are you talking about he goes like you know like froth it's like a real thing uh, nice. That was 2008. That was 2008 for me. And so like I went to school in Boston from 2003 to 2008 and nobody ever even told me that Borderlands was like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if you guys cool know place. Borderlands, but it's I a great course, there, like yeah. 20 minutes south. It's yeah. amazing. If nobody it told me if Borderlands is like 20 minutes away from where I just spent five years in college. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Damn. But so the many reason, great courses the out reason there. I took, <laughs> yeah, the reason I took so like well to, to disc golf is that Number one, I like went to college originally for architecture. I really like design and I, I really loved, um, you know, landscape. Um, I'm in Vermont and I loved hiking. I love outdoors. And so like that really fit. But then I also played competitive golf in high school on my like high school team. So then all of a sudden when my buddy that I went to camp with and he knew that I'd like taught kids to throw Frisbees and, and froth, like told me immediately, like I was like totally 100 percent in. <laughs> Like I, I joined the, the GMDGC at the time I won like the M one division in 2009. And then I went, like, I ended up, uh, you know, competing until about 2012, ended up getting this job at, uh, the resort smugglers, Notch resort after, um, the summer camp gig, kind of like, I was like, Hey, I'm like 24. I probably shouldn't go back to summer camp. Uh, <laughs> you know, even though I was like the program director. Right. But like, I was like, ah, I don't know if I should go back and, 
I became a seasonal worker. So I was like a ski instructor and environmental educator uh, and uh, like a program director at a summer camp. And so that all that ended when Smuggler's Notch offered me a job as like the camp manager of Damn. their day camp. It's not an overnight camp. It was different. So I was a summer camp manager. Then I, instead of being a ski instructor the next year, I was a ski school manager. It's the same department. So summer camp manager, ski school manager, ended up um, then hearing that our owner, you know, wanted to do disc golf um, because of the Wyndham deal. I don't know if you guys yeah. have heard this story, but no. Wyndham, Wyndham Resorts um, basically is a three-pronged entity. It's like Wyndham Worldwide, Wyndham Hotel Group, which is like Red Roof Inns and all those yeah. hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Club Wyndham. And Club Wyndham basically goes in and they do timeshares. And like you probably remember the South Park where they're, you know, like stuck on a ski vacation and all the parents are like. (laughs) So that's like Wyndham. Like they have this like pressure campaign. You can't get out of it. I almost almost signed up for one of those. I'm glad we didn't go because they called and emailed incessantly after that. Well, and they're like, we'll give you a hundred dollar like free oh, like, yeah. visa card. You can park for free. You can stay the night for free. You have to go to this <laughs> two hour meeting, meeting yeah. and then we're never <laughs> going to let you say no. Exactly. You can't leave. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah. $15,000 like points. Timeshares, timeshares. <laughs> no, but I don't Such mean to hit on Wyndham because no. like they're, they were like ended up being like a key part in the yeah. story because our owner is an independent owned ski resort, Smuggler's Notch Resort in Vermont. And so here I am, I've been the ski school director, I've been the camp manager, and uh, and then I, at the same time, totally invested in disc golf competing um, and like wanting to design courses because I have this like, I, like design desire and I studied architecture for a little while, all this kind of BS, but like I ended up like starting designing a course at the, at the camp. Um, and then I said, I heard that our owner had some interest in disc golf. So I said, hey, do you want me to like build us like a real disc golf facility like i've designed a couple courses i've helped at a couple courses i'm on the board at that point of the state club and he said sure and it turns out the reason he was interested is because of wyndham because wyndham became an affiliate of our resort basically the real estate portion of the resort was handed over to wyndham to manage so they could bring in like people internationally from across the country more resources to like bring vacationers in. So they didn't like buy the resort or anything. They just started managing some of the real estate um, of the resort. And the guy who was responsible for making that deal, he's the VP of global resort development for Wyndham worldwide. And this guy's like, you know, an executive at Wyndham worldwide that oversees all of Wyndham. And his name's Alan Litwack and he's the man and his headquarters (laughs) are with uh, the, the Wyndham Worldwide headquarters in Orlando, Florida. And instead of going out and playing golf on lunch breaks, they went out and played disc golf. Oh, that's shit. Amazing. Like a, that's yeah, yeah. It's like that key, at like a, that key that's... At, at a local, oh. like, I think it was a Hosfeld, Greg Hosfeld oh, designed shit. course oh, yeah. in Orlando. Oh, nice. And so he comes up, and, I, and the story goes that he and our owner, Bill, are on, like, there's a little nine-hole, like, kind of, joke of a, like a pitch and putt and he's like oh i heard you had disc golf let's go play it and so they're walking around this and he goes all right let's do this deal on one condition and bill's like what is it and he goes that you upgrade this disc golf course i want Damn. a real course here <laughs> yeah. nice. so that's awesome why bill that? was interested and and that's how i got my foot in the door at smugs oh that's how he built like the smugs courses out and bill is just kind of like this owner who's like escalated the resort from 
a small, a, like kind of like a small resort into like a really well-known family resort across the country because he thinks big. And so he told me immediately, he's like, if we're going to do disc golf, I think it's a good family activity. Don't you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> he goes, I, I want to, I want to do it better than anyone. Yes. Hell yeah. Like, okay. yes. <laughs> Dude, goal like, accomplished so for the most second. part. Too. There's not second. many places you can say that are better than that. No. When, when, when do we need to be out there this year? Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. When, when, <laughs> we, when, when should we come visit? <laughs> yeah, you guys should come September third through sixth for your non championship. That, are there gonna be awesome. fans? Are there gonna be fans? Are we gonna get a press uh, you know hopefully. press pass? We, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Jumping I mean, ahead no, a little I bit. mean we actually we'll do the podcast live. anyone that wants to Yeah. I, exactly. You guys could come as media. Um, we, we are as as supporters. You guys are <laughs> tour supporters, so tour partners. You guys are invited, so get on out there. But um no, I mean honestly, volunteers, we encourage anyone that really wants to spectate. Yeah. Basically, if you come and volunteer, it's like spectating responsibly. Yeah, you know is. the rules. You can help loophole. enforce it. You can yeah. like, be a resource. So, like, <laughs> Otherwise, you know, they'd keep me out of there. Keep <laughs> 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 me away. This guy's right. hammered. So, no, so, it's okay. fine. He's a volunteer. When I, when, volunteering when Jeff and I first alcohol. met. When Jeff and I first met, it was at uh, Maple Grove I remember last this year. really well. <laughs> it was final round. It was final round, wasn't it? And it was on It was on your whole, on the whole OTB eight? hole. The whole eight? Oh, we want a whole eight permanently. Yeah, we want a Play permanently, yes. Um, yeah, okay, sitting on right. the bench because Jeff, the lead card's coming up. He's like, I'm gonna need you guys to move. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? We've been here for the past five cards. <laughs> I just gave him shit. And so, uh, yeah. no, it was awesome. <laughs> like, I, I came up because, like, I was, I was like walking in front of lead card. You're scout, you're doing good. This is the first event ever that I was like tour director. Like, everything had just gone down. I like went down. I was like, I gotta go down to MVP uh in, in maple hill because like i've been first of all i always go down for at least a day or something and i've like back in the that's a longer story i won't get into <laughs> but like <laughs> i was like i gotta go down this is like steve's event and we're yeah, like like great. passing the torch and steve great. wanted me to go down so like i go down there and like it's the final day i'm like i'm like going down and like i walk over and there's like a crowd obviously the caddies the oh, media yeah. are coming and I come over like down to the eighth tee, and I, I wasn't watching them putt on seven or anything. And so I come down, and I was just like, okay, looking around, and I was like, hey, you know, like uh, the lead cards coming through, and, and Crash is just like, yeah, so. <laughs> Who are you? Sounds exactly you? like him. Who are you? And I was like, I was like, uh, well, I, you know, I think with the media and the fans, like maybe can we make a little room? And he's like. Well, yeah. we've been here all day, but I guess so. <laughs> I was like, I was like, thanks, man. I was like, I appreciate it. And then, like, two, like, I'm two seconds later, you know, like we made a connection, and he's like, yeah, I sponsor this whole, so yada. And I was like, oh, I'm Jeff. I'm like the new like guy that's like the tour director. And he's like, oh, yada yada yada. And got along, so. All right, it was just Jeff. You gotta go to the next I, I gotta drink my beer. Oh wait, there's nothing more to see here. <laughs> That was the last card. Damn it! No, that no, was, it was that was it was awesome. It was it good. Was awesome. It was good to be there. And that, uh, yeah, yeah. I, Maple Hill has a special place in my heart. Uh, now I need. Oh, that's we need to get out to Smokes. That's like two of the probably five courses that are consistently named in people's favorite courses is is Smugs and Maple Hill, yeah, and then there's definitely. there's a few others. Yarva is one of the ones that we talked about earlier too. My, Milo, Yarva, Milo, yep. Milo, yep. It's kind of crazy how most of these places have two courses too. Yeah, not all true. of them, but like Milo, 
Well, uh, and Vermont. that's kind of why, like, when you actually break it down to courses, it's like Yarva and Maple Hill are like one, two. Yeah. Sure. And then when you talk about yeah. facilities, then like we get up into the top five and like Milo's there. But if you like people are like, if you made Milo super course, it would be the best in the world. A lot of people say yeah, that, too. I would say um, that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, Milo's um, so crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think in, in general, like, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride you know kind of through through this entire like right. coaster of uh of getting you know the the smugs disc golf center built and um you know kind of like happenstance in certain points and like uh serendipity but uh you know once we once we had the support from from the owner and and he was he asked me he was like well how do we know that we're the best and i said well we're running the world championship <laughs> and so he said 10 10 years in in 2012 and we did it. We we did it in six, which I did not expect. That's but, great. Um, we you know, we got it done, and you know, I think like it's kind of been been pretty solid from there. And of course, like there's then the whole pro tour story. Yeah, um, I think you've uh, done which, pretty which well. Has, uh, you know, outside of that, I think you've done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Hell I yeah! Mean, look at you now. Just look at <laughs> you. Look at you. <laughs> I got a background. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what was yeah. that transition like for you going, taking, you know, getting the torch passed to you? How was it chosen that w- it was going to be you? Take us through that process. Yeah, that was last year. That's 2019. I thought that 2020, there's no way it would be crazy <laughs> in 2019. Right. But, Wrong again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, this all kind of like started uh, back with, like, I mean, the fact that we actually, that, that Smugs held worlds in 2018 plays into this. I mean, because I, from 2015, when the idea of the Pro Tour was introduced to me um, by like, you know, I, I like, so kind of actually picking up where we left off, like I, after the Smugs Disc Golf Center was established, we wanted to know what the best events looked like. We wanted, so I traveled. I went to the, like 2017, I went to European championships. I went to USTGC for seven straight years. Like I went to world championships. I went to the 2014 world championships in Portland, 2015 in Pittsburgh. I went to um, Maple Hill every year. And so like, I got to know Steve a little bit through going down to Maple Hill and, and like knowing that event. And that, that meant by 2015, he had heard about our events, uh, the Green Mountain championship. And he had said, Hey, you know, are you guys interested? Like I'm trying to start like basically a new phase of the national tour and the PDGA is supporting me. This is when Brian Graham was the um, uh, president of the board. Uh, Sorry, the executive director and Rebecca Duffy was the president of the board. So there they are, you know, it's, it's, it's totally different at the PDGA today. You still got Mike downs there, but like, there's been a lot of cycling out. Um, And like, in 2015, it just didn't work out. And I guess that was the second of like multiple years in a row where Steve was feeling pretty frustrated that he wasn't getting like this new concept of the national tour through. The reason he was thinking about that was because he had been on the PDGA board. Like he was on the board of directors for years. His focus was on growing the national tour. Um, And so he was really instrumental even in the PDGA development of the national tour. Yeah. And then there we are 2015 they kind of rejected him, but they gave him a, a crack in the door to start the DGBT. Nate Heinold and I were both at the USDGC that year. Mm-hmm. And Nate said like, Hey, you, you know, nice to meet you. Like I'm Nate. I run this event called the Ledgestone. I know you run green mountain. 
I know we've both been talking to Steve Dodge and like, you know, we know that the PDGA is giving Steve a chance to go forward, but Steve was also kind of discouraged about the result of like not getting it through to become like the new NT. And um, there's a lot to say about that, but like to move the story along, um, Steve said, like, if we have basically Ledgestone, MVP and GMC, those are core three we can build the tour around. And um, we said we're in. And so from that time, I kind of became, you know, not just a TD, but a little bit of an advisor to Steve. Um, And then it was the first year, the tour championship. Uh, Bradley Williams had just won and not Vibram at the time. Yeah. And like he was a rising star. Um, And there was some conflict between Steve and the PDJ. I don't think that that's news to anybody. Um, and then Bradley got suspended for 18 months right before the tour championship in the GMC. Yeah. I was going to say so there's some there... conflict between Bradley and the PDJ too. <laughs> and mad dollar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that actually then happened at Ledgestone MVP was like, sorry, Vibram was the first ever event and Bradley won it. And so there's a lot of PR and press about Bradley, you know, and like, Hey, you know, the pro tour, like Steve was looking for storylines like James Conrad. Uh Like he made his name through the first year of the pro tour, Bradley Williams, like had one. And so they're like, Hey, the pro tour is letting pros do more, like letting more people become pros, which is very true. It's providing more opportunity, getting back to our earlier discussion. So then all of a sudden, right, like we're two days before the GMC, Bradley is up and actually Bradley was, was staying with me at like my house next to the resort. Oh, wow. Um, and, and so Bradley's there, and uh, I get a call from the PDGA. It was actually, I think, from Brian Graham. And he said, like, listen, we've just suspended Bradley Williams. I was like, what? Are you, what? And he goes, yeah, it was from an incident, like, back at Ledgestone. And oh, I was wow. like, okay. Well, what happened? And he's like, oh, you know, we won't get into it, but he's suspended. I was like, for how long? He goes, for, for 18 months. Yeah, that's so <laughs> that's <wild>. crazy. <laughs> I go, whoa, like, did he kill a guy or what? Like, what happened? <laughs> and like, um, he was like, no, he bumped Matt Dollar, basically. Um, but but that that's a whole different story. But Steve, Steve, like, kind of had had it at that point in time. And I don't know if you guys saw it at the time in 2016, but he desanctioned the Tour Championship, yeah. like, yeah. which was also yes, at Smuts. I remember that, yeah. You know, it's like, so we have the, the GMC happening. And like two days, like a day before the GMC, like they suspended Bradley. Steve's put out the statement saying like PDGA is not supportive, like uh, airing out all this dirty laundry. Like this is the last straw kind of thing. Like we're going to do our own thing. We're desanctioning the tour championship. And like there I am. And I like, I I was like, Steve, do you want us to like desanction the GMC? And he was like, well, I don't know. Like, let's think about it. So over the next day or two, we talked about it. It was decided that we weren't going to de-sanction. They were like, listen, executive directors come and go. You know, board presidents come and go. Like the yeah. PDGA should be like, even though it's like despised and hated, but it's it's still an, a membership organization. Yeah. It represents all the members, right? So like maybe we should just like, you know, try to kind of move things forward. And he kind of cooled down. Cooler heads prevailed. GMC stayed, sanctioned, tour championship not. And going into that season, I became – um, through those discussions, like the liaison between the PDGA and the, and the pro tour. Cause like at that time, the, the relationship was kind of toxic and the PDGA board did not want to talk to Steve. Steve didn't want to talk to them. 
but they wanted to keep continue working and working together. So yeah. like I was kind of yeah. in between those two and like we got to a place where they started working together again in yeah. 2017. And so um, like I was in that role until 2018 and that's kind of where I kind of started is 2018. I was off the tour. Um, I wasn't like, you know, we were running worlds and yeah. like I said, well, there's no way we can do both. Like we want to yeah. make worlds as good as we can. So um, like, let's like, let's just focus on worlds. And so like, we didn't have GMC on the, on the pro tour and I was like totally focused on worlds. So like, by the time, like I came back in, I came back in like to like advising Steve at the end of that season, right before 2019. And I was like really surprised at how crazy things had gotten because there's all these media issues. There's issues with Gomez. Yeah. Like, yeah there was a kind of like, yeah. And like there's a lot of drama. It, it, yeah. And, and looking back, it makes sense. Like it's yeah. growing pains, but yeah, it is. But like to be, to be like kind of, in steve's position like he's fighting for funding he's fighting support yeah. like we talked about like how much does the pro tour do for the game yet who's supporting it yeah. you know who's yeah. who's like actually funding it and like thankfully now like we we do have some capital yeah. to try to get something established you know what i mean but like that said like we're still fighting for sustainability of like, course to her now um and 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 like we're, we're taking it seriously but like i can only imagine being in steve's shoes it would have been yeah. possible yeah like he like you know, like he's, he's like trying to pay bills. He's trying to pay media. He's trying yeah. to pay photographers. He's trying to, you know, like pay for assets. Like he's, he's got so many things going on. Of course he wants PDJ to do more. Um, yeah. And of course there's going to be conflict with media, especially like when media is like just showing up and filming and then yeah. like they get a lot of the accolades. Right. Sure. Um, so like I can put myself in his shoes and see why that conflict happened. But mm -hmm. you know, like I think that that basically triggered the start to the 2019 season because Steve said the only way to survive is to bring media in the house. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, in it's the attempt to though. do that. It's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. It's ex it is. And like you said, and like pains, the you know, learning curve. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a learning curve. Cause I talked to him a lot about when he was doing this and it is, yeah. it's tough. It's tough. It's a big step to take. And I see why he did it as well. Um, mm -hmm. Was my you know. my thing with him was like I I I, I see your vision yes. here, but yes. like there's two things I would say collaboration. Like yeah. there's yeah. so many people who love so many entities and like yeah. you founded this on the spirit of the disc on community. Like, you know, like yes. if you really feel like you can't keep that going, then I, I guess I understand, but like like by taking it all in house at once, like yeah, you're putting out the image that like that community doesn't matter as much, you know, yeah. as just and like when it comes down to survival, you know, like that's his perspective, you know, like I we just need to survive, you know, like, yeah. um, and when you're down to that point, like, what is, you know, what is the balance between survival and like, you know, values? Well, it's your core and, values. Like, you it, go back to it, you know, you got right, you got to right. go back and, to like, the, I, to that to that cornerstone. I mean, what what got you here? That cornerstone and. and figure out what yeah it's a tough one at. it's a tough one that's I a think, tough one yeah, yeah. there's a lot of drama back then there was a lot of drama yeah. statements and a lot of drama exactly. but you know everybody was trying you know the, the sport is is flying you know there's there's no ceiling to the sport and everybody's it, it, it's it there with it through the disc golf pro tour things started to happen you know mm -hmm. and exactly. of course everybody gets excited and maybe they get you know call it what you want you can call it 
it's excitement and it's and some success and some recognition and mm-hmm. and th- that creates you know then the, we get clashes amongst egos because you right. know yeah. and and it, it you're a good intermediary because you helped get those get everything <laughs> you know back back to thinking hey oh yeah we love each other right and we're all going to right. we're all building the same cause to to grow the sport and a brand that is is dominating this yeah, year a, by the way only tour did i say only tour again <laughs> <laughs> well it's got to be a balance like you said between competition which helps yeah. people grow and pushes yes. people to do better but also collaboration community because yes. like honestly when steve came out with that message spirit of the disc yeah. he really did coalesce a lot of people like yeah. he brought people together and I like agree. said yeah we can do this like look at our community and that, that was his vision that yeah. was i think the core message Huge. that really gave fuel to that that the what we call uh, DGPT 1.0 and yeah. now we're DGPT 2.0 and Steve's still a part of it. You know, oh, like he's still yes. good. we still got his event there. I think and, I have a nickel in know. there too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a nickel left in there. No, it's exactly. exciting. It's so exciting. And, and yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just to wrap up <laughs> the question is like, as, as Steve, like, you know, found out the challenges of, uh, of like trying to bring that, that media in house, like, and, yeah. and and had some failures and, and tried to like reassess like it started to become clear that the best path forward for the tour was to be recapitalized and through some of the investors there was discussions of like does anyone who's part of the tour or who has invested in the tour want to step up and like you know recapitalize it yeah. um and and through that process we we got what what actually transpired which yeah. is which is Todd, you know, purchasing the brand and, um, and then saying, you know, throughout that process, I mean, he, he contacted me, he and I had known each other just from Nantucket. Cause I'm not that far away. I went to the first Nantucket open mm-hmm. and like, he always wanted to schedule it around the GMC. So then like when these talks started and like I was involved in the tour, um, and trying to n- help the tour navigate through this really rocky time, um, then 2019, just like a year ago right now, um, like there's a lot of uncertainty a year ago right now. Uh Oh, we just lost some, Uh Oh, we just lost it. We just lost audio. Maybe we can't hear him. Yeah, we can't hear him. Hold on. That's on. Can you hear us? Thumbs up if you can hear us. Nope. You can't hear us. Okay. We can hear us. Can you hear us? No, no, no. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, he's I back. just somebody called in, so like it kind ah. of. Uh, Did you yeah, say hi to for us? You could have just you could have just bridged but, the calls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I thought I did, um, <laughs> but no, I I like. <laughs> yeah, just to end the super long story. Sorry, but no, that's uh, all right. The uh, the the way it, the way it all wrapped up there was that, um, yeah, Todd and I had a relationship, and then he. He reached out to me and said, um, kind of Steve suggested it. Steve Technical difficulties, please stand by. Hello. All right. Hey, All right. what's up? Right. Jeff's back. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Anyway, Todd, Todd and I knew each other. Steve kind of had been asking if I was yeah. interested in in taking on a new a bigger role with the tour. Yeah. Um, and he suggested it to Todd. Todd reached out to me. We started talking. At first, I was like, I love my job at Smogs. Like, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. But uh, eventually, you know, I kind of was like, you know, warming up to it. it. Took a couple months. 
but by the time it was time to like pull the trigger, I was all in and I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm, I'm going to jump into like a new thing. It kind of felt like an ending point when we held worlds at smugs and I was kind of looking for the next thing anyway. Um, and then, yeah, I just, it just kind of jumped in and here we are. Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are here. That's gotta be a tough one. Go ahead. That this is my next one up. This is like focal banger. You guys know the alchemist. Yes. yes. Bastard. I want that. <laughs> Jealous. Yeah. That had to have been a tough job. Hey, to leave. Man, I want some heady. Heady. Topper. Were you going to send us a box of beer? Yeah. Can we make that? I happen? probably could. You know, this is like, this is like heady light. I gotta go. It's like seven, 7% versus 8%. Well, and, what's 1%? Oh, that's way lighter. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's like actually I I like it. It's I a like it Eddie Eddie started the uh, the canned Crazy. beer revolution. Yeah, it did. I mean? um, started canning it. So. And good, yeah, 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 good beer in can. Yes. Oh, I, I you know I've never had it. I've never uh, had Eddie Topper. I love it. I yeah, love I've it. heard nothing but good things. But you know, we've also we've got the Pliny out here, so we we need to send you some Pliny. I guess you know we could definitely. Work I've only had it once. Yeah. Oh wow. Let's yeah. Let's work a trade. We can let's, get J.K. Supplyney. Yeah. We'll trade. I'll be back. I'm in for I'm that. Uh, Jeff, can you give us a couple minutes? I know you just had a phone call. Crash has got to run. We're, we've got a customer that we're gonna have oh, yeah. real quick, and then we'll be back in just a few sure. minutes. Cool. We're back. What if What if I just disappear? Uh, then you wouldn't be here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Short answer. Yeah, I'm 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 good with I'm good with storytelling. If you guys want to ask me any questions about this season, no, I'm I'm it. down. Nice. I've got we could go for hours. I unfortunately um, we don't won't, get that. We can, I, I we don't can get definitely that, go uh, longer. Luxury. I've got a, a two month old at home and a wife. <sighs> now I got to pick up beer on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why those those two seem to coexist so often. <laughs> Kids and beer? Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Right on. Uh, so are you leaving right now, know. or are you cutting out in, like, um? Well, I'm just, what's best is probably just to go now as you come out of the break. I mean, it's up to you, bud. Mysteriously disappear. I do that, and I appear sometimes, too. Jeff, it's good to see you, dude. Good to talk good to you. Good to, man. Good know. to, yeah, good to, I hope, hope to see you soon. Are you guys actually coming out, or? Dude, uh, I would you know, love to. I don't think that's out of the question. Necessarily. I don't know. My wife and I were planning on a USDGC trip this year, right. but that's now up in the air, given that everything you can try to plan over three days from now is up in the yeah. air. Let's see. Let's see what happens in the next month and a month and a half. That is one thousand percent on the bucket. Let's see what happens when you go on phase smugs. something, not phase this year, four. Next year. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. To if not this year, then next year. I'm yeah, in. that's we good. Can plan it out a that's little good better. Future. Look at us future planning. Yeah, this year's just so hard right now, especially yes. for us. We got yeah. three people working, and it's not yeah doing the, the easiest. Job at least for <laughs> I come in and drink <laughs> beer and watch them work. It's great, but, but then I gotta leave because they're so working that it's almost <laughs> like I gotta go play golf or something and, and relieve some of their stress. <laughs> Dude, I needed to do that today, and I didn't. <laughs> Instead, I had to. Go to the grocery store and then I dropped an entire bag of food and freaked out. Oh, nice. That's a different type of stress right now, too. Yeah. Like going to the grocery store is kind of an event. 
We got to not face yeah. anybody when you pass them. Don't breathe at them. And well, and you just sometimes you got to wear a mask. Sometimes, you know, there's there's all kinds of people out there. It's different than it was before. Yeah. I don't ever just hit the store on the way home now. It's it's planned out. And yeah. Weird shit. I don't go to certain stores because certain stores I don't feel comfortable in anymore. No? We just keep shopping at the same one. We're cheap <laughs> bastards. <though. laughs> No, I, I mean, I think, you, I think Crash is right, though. I mean, you got to think about what, where you're going, like, yeah. you know, what time you're going. Like that when we were driving out, back from Waco, we were driving through St. Louis and we needed to get groceries. Like we were in an RV trying to get back mm-hmm. to Vermont. And I, we were just like, nope, 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 nope. Like the five <laughs> grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. They're packed, packed in like in the middle of like, you know, mid, mid, late March. So we were like, can't go there. You know, just we want to go somewhere line. where, like, no no one's in. at it. Yeah. 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 Didn't go to Costco for a while. No. Lines around, and That's I love probably, Costco. I love Costco. I could go there once a week. Yeah. I, I can't stand Costco. Yeah. Really? Dude, yeah. I could sleep there, eat at the food court. No, not. Yeah. Stepping into that place bugs right around me for some reason. Year for I camping. wonder what it is. I don't know. Okay. Well, oh, we'll get shit. to the bottom of that one of these episodes. Yeah, we'll feel it. Costco sucks me in. I mean, like, I can't. I got. I'm always like, why am I still here after an hour? And well, that's like, why yeah. they have food. <laughs> like, got... So you can refuel yourself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. In. They got food and bathrooms. You, you don't, don't have to leave. leave. They got a couch too. And if like you're lucky, samples. you can go during huh. snack time and you can find snacks. Gosh darn it, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I was putting in an order with Discraft. I was filling out an order and I hit up. Uh, I think it's Scott at Discraft who does their stock orders. And I'm like, hey, can I just add 200 Maltas? Like, we sold out of those a little quicker than we thought. Can I just add those? He's like, please put in a new order form. It'll help us. I'm like, no problem. I understand. <laughs> and then it's like 1,300 discs that I place, you know, an order for instead of the 200 Maltas that I need. And I told him in the email, like, I feel like I just went through Costco. I had, like, one <laughs> thing on my list, and I left with a fucking pallet. <laughs> Oh my god! Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Stuff. They're killing it. This craftsman, like, oh my goodness, oh, man, they made some yeah. good moves. What a it's proving. What, what are, are you like, guys seeing? Like, what's like, what are the trends here? Like, this uh, craft is the obviously, brand. yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, is it the new Innova? Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, there's a lot of companies that are doing well too. Like MVP is crushing it with a lot of new stuff. That that cosmic plastic that they have out is gorgeous. Um, you know, Prodigy's doing really good things, especially with like the signing of Kevin Jones and with Kevin, Kevin and Seppo were doing really well. Uh, that was, yeah. that was driving the brand a lot. Um, there's a yeah, lot. They've got of some really good, good new stuff. plastic too. Mm-hmm. Prodigy's got some good new stuff. Yeah. That yeah. Spectrum stuff. Sick. The spectrum, spectrum. is amazing. Spectrum. The 500 looks good. Feels good. Yeah. And Innova was putting out some really good swirls with the Heimberg destroyers that and dropped. Stop. And sex sells, man. Pretty discs move. And that's <laughs> that's one thing that Discraft has been killing. And then obviously the the powerhouse that is Macbeth. And, and then signing Paige. Yep. Like and then Brody. Like the the wild card that, is a wild that card. we thought I, would maybe be the craziest thing in disc golf in twenty twenty. And again, we're just wrong about twenty twenty oh, yeah. on like all <laughs> accounts because of blindsided by you know the the virus and yeah. and then the the events of the past you know week and a half. I wonder how so. much sales Brody has like compared to Paige and Paul. It has to be a lot less. I th- well yeah it pro it might be a lot less, but I know that his the the dark horse merch has sold really mm-hmm. well. Like it the has. get freaky zones, yeah, have a huge secondary market due I to. I wonder how many quantities. quantities they made of those though. Yeah, like was I'm it a thousand? Sure. 
of the zones? No, yeah. that those are much less. I think it was like a hundred and then two hundred, like super small okay, quantities, that but makes super sense. high demand now. Um, yeah. But he has his own starter pack and and stuff. I saw like the starter that. pack. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's all direct to consumer. So we, you know, unfortunately haven't been able to stock any of it, and and I understand that. But uh, it's I think he's moving plenty of plastic. He yeah. certainly has the following. That's, For sure, that's his following is huge. You know, that's that's his claim to fame. Huge. Yeah, huge. it's funny. It's funny you mentioned like the smaller runs because it's like just such the same story of like petty topper and like great beer you know like there's Mm -hmm. this fomo effect of like you know you don't produce in mass quantity you got to go somewhere to get it specifically it sells out quickly then you can scale up and i feel like this manufacturers are getting on board like getting that you know what i mean like the exclusivity of having like a specific disc or something like that i mean are you guys seeing that too uh yeah certainly you know we've we've done our own small runs I always kind of refer to it as like manufactured rarity where it's just for mm-hmm. the most part, it's the same disc. We don't get to control it the same way that the manufacturers do. Um, but you can absolutely see it. And I've, you know, I mainly started in, in the like collector's market and that's sort of how OTB got its start. And so I, I still keep my, my finger on the pulse of the collector's market and can certainly see, all of the the value of that that stuff moving it's it's kind of crazy and the more people that come in too the the more demand there is yeah for sure it's yeah fun. it's it's uh I, I i don't even know what the over it would be great to see some kind of like report on like overall discs sold per year yeah like through mm-hmm. everything but i mean i don't think the manufacturers are super transparent with how many discs they're selling by crash <laughs> yeah crash <laughs> is crash. leaving and, and they're not transparent, and we have a chance to be transparent with that too. And we so far have chosen not to. Um, I know yeah. Infinite produces like a graph, um, but they don't say actual numbers. But you can get at least get some idea. And I think that one's kind of akin to like players not necessarily disclosing the the money in their contracts. Where almost every major sport, it's you know there's yeah. full disclosure. You can see you know every single clause except in there except with the owners true not with the owners and you don't see the books of only the, teams, the players except for the packers because they're publicly owned do you show your books we we don't yet i mean i haven't really thought about that yeah it's a um, weird one i mean we have thought about this though like there's not a players union right mm-hmm. nope. and um i don't know what our role in that is we've we've wanted to support players oh he keeps getting phone calls. That's what it was. Ah, uh, makes sense. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I'm making noises <laughs> so you can hear us when you're back. Do, do, do. I'm good. I'm there good. Go. I don't know what's going on with these headphones. Ooh, now it might be Zoom. There we yeah, go. sorry, yes. No, um, right. But yeah, we, we, we good now? Yes, yes. I believe yes, so. I, yes, so. I believe so. Keep going and we'll we'll let you know. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's these headphones. I just like when when it, um, I cut out, it goes like makes a little noise, and uh, it says they're at like eighty percent. They were fully charged before this, so oh. I don't know if it's the headphones or the call or what it is. But um, that said, I mean picking back up, like we thought about like our role, like for for touring pros, and like we'd like to be a resource. And I mean, one thing that we would consider doing is like just gathering 
contract information confidentially. Yeah. You know, just like the broad strokes, like tell us like, you know, just like if, if you want us to be like a resource for you, you know, like share like generally what your deal is. We won't tell anybody. It'll be confidential. Mm -hmm. And then when you come and you say, hey, I think that this is my value. I'm negotiating a new deal. Like what's the midline? You yep. know, we could have a midline and nobody has a midline, you know, and it's like we could say, you know, hey, you should be, you know, here, you know, but you're you're not getting those offers like you should hold out or like push for more from somebody. And that's the same like we're trying to do that with our events right now. I mean, like I, I'm i not going to name names, but like I've talked to a couple of events where I was like, you're you're getting supported by your presenting sponsor. At that level, like yeah. that is so so small compared to some of these events mm -hmm. and i like in the off season i was like hey we should draw a line in the sand and say if you want to support a pro tour event at the presenting level it's a minimum of x yep right that's it you know like you can't if you can't do cash and product at this level like it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. because like we're trying to like elevate these events and elevate the tour and like if you look at some events, like I know Ledstone has a budget that's probably pushing half a million dollars, yeah. you know, like overall, like that, like in and out, like some of it's passed through, but like at the same, at the same time, like if you want to be the presenting sponsor Ledstone, you can't say, oh, I'm going to give you $5,000 cash and product. That doesn't make any sense. The event's so much more valuable and it has such a bigger budget. Nate so, like, kills uh, it with bringing in money. I've never, I haven't, I don't think there's anyone in the sport quite yet that's doing it at that level. Certainly from as far as the perspective that we see it, where we have the option to buy thousands of Ledgestone discs with their partnership with Discraft. I thought mm -hmm. that that model was really cool and something that if we ever host a world or a major of that level or a disc golf pro tour event, whatever it might be, that we would try to adopt and really, you know, get a, a partnership like that with, with the manufacturer to just bring in that massive value. And his payouts are, are some of the highest, if not the highest ever, right? I think they're the highest ever. Maybe Worlds last year might have beat it. Yeah, and, and he ran it, right? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> like he uh yeah, he he's he's like we talked about Mo when we started the show. Yep. Um, he's right in that same category. Like I don't know many people who work harder um, than than Nate. You know, like he's always at it. He's always working, and like he's also on the board of directors. Yeah, uh, the PDGA. So like he's got a he's got a big role in the sport. And you know, the one thing I will say is that Nate Heinold um, is up for PDGA re-election. Um, there's two spots, and there's 16 candidates, and like. Um, you know, without getting too in into it, like the sport's better off because Nate Heinold's grinding. Like yeah. we want him on the board of directors, uh, at least from like, uh, like when you look at the touring game, if you look at touring professionals and you look at like what, who is trying to like elevate the sport and like Nate Heinold's at the top of that list. And so, you know, like that's coming up July 1st. Um, to have 15 other people, he's got to beat 14 other people on that. Yeah. I know he's been like elected a couple terms, but you know, I'll put my two cents in saying like folks should probably, you know, if they support, if they want the game to go in that direction, um, you know, Nate, there's nobody better on the board than, than Nate to advocate for the pro side of the game. And, um, you know, I, I would just put my two cents in saying like, you know, my, my I'm going to vote for Nate. Yeah. Um, not just because he's like runs on an event on the pro tour, but because I know how hard he works and how much he cares and like how much he grinds. So, um, 
like, yeah, that's, that's my two cents on that. But yeah, dang, like he, uh, he's got a unique relationship and I, I don't blame you guys for wanting to follow that formula because it's, uh, it's super successful and it's, it's elevating like all the other events to try to catch that, you know? Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. No, I I love it. I told him that right away when someone first tagged us. I think he was said, you know, who's your favorite vendor and and are they interested in getting these discs? And we've been on board, you know, at a growing level since I think probably 2016 or something was our first um time that we signed up to be a preferred vendor or whatever with with Ledgestone and it's been for for us nothing but good interactions with Nate. Super quick to respond. Uh, just an easy to work with dude, and yeah, you could see that grind that he's on, and I have a, a ton of respect for that. So I can't wait to see see where that goes with with him, and I'm glad that he's up for reelection, and he's certainly got my vote. Yeah, how long have you guys been uh, rolling anyway? You said 2016. We were yeah. we were mentioning this a little bit pre-show, but like, uh, have you guys been like, what what was the founding date here? Um, it was July or August of 2014 and I started it basically out of my house. Uh, it was out of like my house and my garage until, um, I say garage, but there really wasn't ever was, much plastic was, in the garage. It was, it was all inside. He's got a decent sized house and it was literally half of his house. Maybe That's more, true. maybe That's more. <laughs> yeah. If you ask my wife, she'd say like 80%. It was a lot. Like there was... You walk in the door and it's just frisbees in your face. Amazed too. There's yeah. not much. There wasn't no, much elbow room. Not really. I still have one <laughs> full room full of discs there. But yeah, it started in 2014. Going back just a little bit before that, I've sold discs since high school. Basically, uh, graduated 2005 there, but was was playing am tournaments and would just sell you know discs on eBay. Uh, then got more into the collector market, probably like 2012, 13. Uh, then just decided to to do stock discs. Got set up with the you know all the major manufacturers. Started doing that, and then we opened up the online store late 2016 when we had U.S. Masters that we hosted Tim here. Tim Selinski. Yeah, Tim Selinski. We hosted in That's 2016. Awesome. Uh, opened up this shop late 2018. Hired Aaron for 12 hours a week. He very quickly went full salary. Uh, hired Sam, who you saw packing orders in the beginning. Uh, and then the the post office picked up at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, hired him full time in December. And we've just been chugging along ever since. Damn. So you got to explain to me the connection to Windjammers. Because I know Crash like has, does he own that? Do you guys have a stake in that? Like, uh, what's, the w- what's the deal? Because like. I took over and like Steve had already had the relationship with OTB and Windjammers yeah. and I saw the walls that had them like Windjammers one side, OTB the other, but like, I don't know if I got the full story. Yeah. So the, the Delta Windjammers is just a local disc golf club. It's a nonprofit. It's a hundred percent volunteer work from, you know, Crash and I and the, the large group mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, John dedicated o. workers that, that we have there. But that's just yeah, it's just a local disc golf club. If you ask uh, if you ask Sean Jack, who I know you know well, he says it's the mm-hmm. best disc golf club in California. He and does. that's over San Francisco, which wow. is an incredible yeah, disc say, golf damn. club. We're much smaller. <laughs> we are much, much but smaller. It's kinda rabid and we pull off things that don't seem like us that we could pull off sometimes. Well, I mean, yeah, like uh, does any other disc golf club sponsor the Pro Tour? No. And I don't even know that there's a huge there's no real benefit 
for the disc golf club there's awareness but I like we're not capitalizing maybe, on no that. i think maybe if you turned it into like products like uh, buy windjammer t-shirts and hats and yeah and, and you could and there might and be some demand for that there, but i think it was purely for the growth of the sport though mm-hmm. and to just do something cool and so that you know there to go back to your question the association there's it's just our local disc golf club and we uh we took the reins from uh, a world champion in kenny lee a masters uh senior grandmasters world champion 2018 yep i think so that's smugs yeah yeah, the senior grandmaster champ that what year. Did he win the smugs? Um, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, because yeah, I think he congra- congratulated Barsby, Barsby yep. after. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was the president before that. We took over in 2010, and we, uh, you know, grew the course that we had, and just tried to start doing bigger things. And so that's basically so the association there. That's awesome. So what course? What course is uh, is your course? And and what it was like? What's around you guys in, in Stockton? We got Oak Grove, the yep. regional park, and it's not the OG down <coughs> south, but it's been there since the it's 80s. It's been there something? since 89, I think. Yeah. And it was an 18 hole course Dang. with two pin positions. When we took over in 2010, yeah. we put in a third pin position. I think 2014, we put in an extra 18 holes. So it's 36. It's actually 37. We put in an extra 19, but it's two different tracks now. Now there's another local course, Swenson, that we put in. Lodi is a sister course put in by an Eagle Scout over there, and they have a great club. Now there's a course in Tracy. We're working on one in Escalon. So it's just trying to do what we can to provide our local community with uh, more and more avenues for for trucking bogeys, basically. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of wind and a lot of flat. It's true, it's yeah. Flat and wind really? here. A lot yeah. of wind and flat. Yeah, we're in the Central what's, Valley. Uh, so. What's Central Mountains? No, Central Valley. Like, uh, we're just south of Sacramento. Yeah, a little south of Sac. Okay, cool. A little east of uh, the bay. A little east of the bay, yeah. So, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, we were, like, we were looking at maybe bringing something to, like, uh, the two, I think they're north and probably a little west, but, like, Birds of Paradise. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. That's way up there. Yeah. That's way up there. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, that's an awesome area. I mean, you're not that far from Yosemite, right? Nope. nope. Yeah, no, I think Yosemite's two hours, Tahoe's two and a half, Sacramento's Dang. an hour, yeah. the Bay's an hour, hour and a half, like Santa Cruz is two hours. Like, probably, actually, like, let's just say there was no COVID. <laughs> I might be hanging out with you guys in the shop right now. Yeah, I know. For reals. We're, we are honestly a little frustrated. Like, it's obviously, it's understandable. But we were planning a lot of different things for the couple weeks between Masters Cup, U.S. Women's, SFO. SFO. We're the sort of the origins of our podcast. I think our seventh episode, we were super green. We went live at SFO. Yeah. Mm. Interviewed Paige yeah. and Nate and yep, Barsby, Barsby, Seth Muncy. Or uh, is it Muncy? Josh yeah, Seth Muncy. Yeah, Disc Golf Strong. Uh, Matt Bell. Yeah. A bunch of people. The ABX fun. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the yeah, ABX man. one was an interesting one too. One of the one of the bigger outside brands and a little bit polarizing too with them being a cannabis company. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts going forward on outside sponsorship of that caliber, whether it be ABX and cannabis or something? Uh, what What do you expect going forward? What do you see in the future for that? Yeah, I mean, two different things there. Like we we just 
you know, started working with Bushnell, uh, which Sean brought on. And, That's right. and like, that. we're excited about that. Um, we've got a couple other like outside sponsors uh, from like outside support that we're hoping to introduce when we start back up. But like, I think that that's, that's where we're going. I mean, yeah. like in internal sponsors, like we want to provide as much exposure as internal sponsors want, but like, we don't want to necessarily rely on like inside the sports sponsors because even what I hear from disc manufacturers are like, take the next step. You guys have to go beyond us. Like, that's what they tell us. You yeah. Know? You know, that's what like Discraft and Innova tells us. Like we would love to have somebody outside the sport come over the top of us. Yeah. I heard that in 2018 for worlds. They're like, please bring someone over the top of us. And we we're very, very close uh, with Sierra Nevada, actually. Um, we got all the way up my to favorite like the, beer right there. Yeah. Like I was like, the, like the, they have a couple like the East Midwest and, and West, I think maybe I a couple. I think more it's North regions. Carolina. I think it's a uh, Asheville, North Carolina and Chico, Nevada, uh, Chico, California, are the only two breweries. Interesting. Exactly. That's, that's right. And like the East coast event, like director was with us, uh, in like came to the resort. We talked to him and he said, I think this is a go. And we like, it was for a big time number. And he was like, we're going down to, um, Asheville to meet with like the, the owner family. Like there's a family that runs it apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like, you know, if they, they give their blessing, you're good. Um, and we'll, we'll move forward and like, they just didn't do it. And like, the reason I got was that they had sponsored like cycling in the past. They had s sponsored like a pro, you know, like, um, I don't, I don't know what it exactly was, but they were talking about like, you know, they had sponsored a sport before mm -hmm. and they weren't able to find a way to like convert the sponsorship into like retail sales. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so they didn't want to come on that big, but they were open to like, you know, kind of phasing it in and they didn't know all the info about like the disc golf demographic. And so I don't know, it was just kind of like was unfortunate that it didn't pan out, but I think that there's, there's promise there, you know, in the future. Um, but no, I do think it's outside the sport that we grow. Um, the other part of that is like cannabis and, and THC mm -hmm. and CBD um, you know, like uh, obviously SFO was making progress there, um, some big progress and there's a lot of money there. And, um, actually this year there became a little bit of conflict because the PDJ changed their policy on, um, on that. So like we, we basically, you know, staying as partners with the PDGA, um, you know, just follow their policy. And that's really all we could, can really say at this point, because, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to bring any heat like a good partner in the pdga but like you know the board changed the policy and said like um you know cannabis sponsors are part of the you know list of of sponsors that you can't have um and so we went through a little bit of like back and forth and trying to figure out like what is going on with that in the off season um and like you know obviously the F sfo isn't happening this year so we we don't yeah. see how that that actually would have played out but um i know that like basically the policy now has changed to to limit elite series and they can't have title sponsors that are you know involved with cannabis and um you know I, that's just the pdga's uh, that's coming from the board coming from the staff like my understanding from talking to like the staff and even board members there is that they have to follow inter like national law uh -huh. and like if federal if federal law changes they'll they'll change too um, but they just don't want to open up the organization to things that are against the law federally because they're a, like a world, like an international organization. So 
that's what I've been told. Um, and you know, that's why I think that they've extended the policy. I think that like on smaller scale level, they're not as concerned. Um, but like, as long as that's their policy, unless we're going to like, you know, put up a fight, you know, that's, that's kind of how it's sitting with, with that industry. Yeah. So it's something I talked with Sean Jack a little bit about when we were talking about our, you know, pro tour sponsorship and that, and something that yeah. he had reached out about too, sense. asking, yeah. asking what I thought. And uh, we, we talked about it a decent amount and I know that there's, there's a lot in there that we can't necessarily share and a lot that maybe would have come to light if there was SFO this year. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I'm excited. I know that it, it the, one of the companies that there's a, at least a small partnership with right now, and I think is, is due to Aaron Wilmot too, is the Findlay and those hats. I don't know if you're rocking one right now. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Got one. We just actually sold yep. through like Yo an entire order immediately. That's like what he said. This, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got this green, this green and brown, like kind of more uh, like a natural tone. Yeah. hat that he put together and like i i was like i'm i i need a green hat i'm from vermont you know and like he he pulled something together it was awesome and uh you know i i think like in general like the disc golf ethic is like outside national parks beautiful setting like, yep. like we want to embrace that and so we might be coming out with some cool you know kind of more natural colors and like i know we're all like navy and, and red and shit now yeah. but like we'll we'll end up we'll end up like uh coming out with some some cool alternatives too but that hat like went super quick in like a day and mm -hmm. like he's already reordered he's got some tan some tan hats coming like tan and brown yeah he's 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 got it he's got it going on so we're, we're excited about that um but yeah yeah i mean thought space is 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 awesome we're, we're stoked to have aaron like they're killing it yeah yeah that, that design he made for us is sick it is and so is the national park design yeah. that, mm -hmm. that you I guys have, seen have. That. he sends we, me so much gotta, stuff all the time we gotta send him a uh, one of the OTB hats, Finlay hats coming in. Yeah, yeah. We'll get you an OTB Finlay So you, hat. you guys have some Finlay? Yeah, yeah we, we sold have, out of the other ones. I think I'm wearing the USDGC one right now, but we did a run with Finlay, and then we paid for and did another run. Yeah, that one's sick. Yeah, we did our Thought Space design, actually, is the one we're waiting on now. I think we paid for that about a month ago. Finlay's an awesome company, too. They've been doing a lot with with the virus and the pandemic there and just creating masks and face shields and kind of had diverted their business a little bit to help out where they can. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons why it's been a little over a month yeah. for, for our order to get here. But I would love to see almost like with, you know, grip six is certainly one of the biggest outside uh, disc golf companies to come in and, and establish themselves as the belt of disc golf would love to see Finlay come in and establish themselves as the hat of disc golf. Yeah. Or something like that. I, yeah, I think I think we need to get Sean like a little bit more involved because um, Aaron's killing it on the like the merch front and retail and yeah. marketing. But like in terms of partnerships, like I, I I'm uh, super impressed by Sean. Like he he can close deals, he can sell people, he can paint that vision. And uh, like right now, like we did push for Finley to like get involved a little bit more, but they were basically like, hey, you know, we don't really have a partnership program like you're outlining um yeah. and and so like it kind of stalled out and we we're like like listen like we're gonna get some hats going and like if they start moving like like we'd like to like restart this conversation like mm -hmm. you guys kind of the same what you're saying like 
Like we're looking for like a partner mm-hmm. in, in the hat department that like, hey, like listen, there's like a hundred, you know, there's there's sixty five, seventy thousand PDJ members, there's hundreds of thousands of disc golfers. If like we're saying if you guys get on board and like your product is great and like we wanna push you guys, you could become like like, hey, this is the hat of disc golf. And honestly, I wouldn't be saying this right now if I didn't like wear this hat for the last like four months and be super impressed with <laughs> it. Such yeah, it's hats. awesome. I, I couldn't believe like I actually like like grabbed this hat even just a couple days ago and I was talking to Aaron. I was like, dude, this hat looks new. Like mm-hmm. and I've been like like if I would wear any other hat like this, it would basically be done. You know, like it would be sweat through, it would be marked up, it would be like kind of tattered, like it would it wouldn't look good, you know, but like this is the same hat that I put on like at the memorial. Yeah. And I've been wearing it and sweating through it, and it, wow. like, literally, like, I mean, it looks, like, fine, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not, like, mint or anything, but it's it's fine. And, uh, like, uh, I could tell a noticeable difference. I mean, this sounds like a fucking product placement now, <laughs> but I could tell a noticeable difference in, like, in like the, the material that they make their hats in. And at first, I was kind of dubious. I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to, like, feel great to wear. It might get hot. It might get sweaty. But, like... I sweat in my hat and it's like mm-hmm. it, it almost like it doesn't even it doesn't go wet. It's crazy. Um, well, yeah, and at a $35 or more price point too. It's yeah. a tough pill to swallow. We're like, "Damn, this is more than we've ever spent on hats, but we mm-hmm. believe in it. We believe mm-hmm. in them." And, mm-hmm. you know, they boom. They they sold out. We're, you know, reordering with a new product, so we're trying to do our part too with proving disc golf's legitimacy and the the you know mm-hmm. the, the market that is there and there's plenty of demand and it seems like a good crew that they've got over there and i think mm-hmm. it would be a, a great partnership we'll keep pushing them i've already mentioned disc golf pro tour to them before in in our emails back and forth and you know yeah i i think that there's really something there or even a, a company like shady rays yeah. that has kind of the same mentality where if you you know if if this hat rips if this hat is damaged, you know, if the if the product doesn't meet your expectations, that they're going to do right by you. Where, you know, Shady Rays is sending back, you know, if you lose or damage your glasses, you get a new pair for free. Yeah. No questions asked. So it's it's good companies and I feel I feel good sending, you know, our customers their product or sending them there and that's one of the best things that that I can point to in a, any good relationship is you know you feel good about where you're sending people and so i would love to see a you know a finlay partnership for sure you know and i i I think we'll get there you know hopefully i think like it's in good hands with aaron you know like managing that relationship and and like you know get getting sell through so fast i mean anytime you see sell through that that quickly you know you're on you know you're on to something and and you want to keep following it so yeah yeah i'm stoked about finley like i've heard about shady um i think that would be cool too there's a couple of, like sunglass brands that have dipped their toe i feel like into disc golf and yeah shady's yeah, I mean, one I'm of them shady sponsored yeah, players sh- and stuff they what they've sponsored players in the past yeah and the next yeah, gen okay. and the next gen challenge they sponsored they've gave they gave out we have a coupon code um, we do actually yeah yeah we're through them so Okay, cool. Like we ha- there we have some relationship yeah, with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other one I've like heard about was Tomahawk. I don't yeah, know. Okay, yeah, I've heard them before too. Yeah. Um, but I I think they I can't remember who it was that they that they partnered with, but 
You know, I think the biggest there's a huge gaping hole right now for shoes because yes. like Adidas kind of dipped their toe in, Keen. and like honestly, I talked to uh, well, now Keen's out, dude. Keen pulled like, out, really? Yeah, from what I can tell, this yeah, year, yeah, like yeah. they're done. What? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like I don't know if this has been public. Maybe we're breaking news because like on a bigger scale, I know it's like kind of made its way through people to like didn't know and like because I've gotten tons of Keen shoes through USDC. They've been a big partner. Yeah, Ledgestone. They were partnered with the Pro Tour. I hit him up. That was one of my first calls when I took over, and um, basically the man there, who's a disc golfer, who like made it all happen. Which like that's something what, that it's a, it's a own story is like when a company like is motivated by someone internal versus like an actual like interest in like the potential of the yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah. With Keen, it was the the former that they mm-hmm. they were motivated by like Dave Monk. Okay. David Monk, I I haven't actually met him, but like I know a lot of people who have and like love the guy, thousand rated golfer, um, nice. like and uh, <clears throat> up in Portland area, and that's where like Keen's from, mm-hmm. and they're like you know followed basically his lead. He was their sponsorship director for the entire company as like a thousand rated golfer, and was like we're getting into disc golf, yeah, and that's kind of how they like made a disc golf focused shoe, put branding out there, but like I think over the years. It kind of seemed like maybe it didn't hit all the marks that their their management or their ownership wanted it to, and like there was a shift in in management and ownership over the last year. And it, I think, from my understanding, that that the monk was out. And I, I like my under like that comes from like my relationship with uh, Nate Doss, who like I think Nate Page, Feldberg, Avery, and Val were like the team keen. Mm-hmm. And like they were doing like special discs every year, maybe that's still I don't know if that's still going. Yeah, I'm not sure um, either. But that was all kind of through like there were even like sponsored athletes. Like they have like mountaineers and like backpackers and like people that are outdoor like kind of aficionados representing the Keen product. And some of them were disc golfers, and mm-hmm. it it just seems like that somehow went off the rails. And I don't know why. And like my understanding is that Dave Monk is no longer with the company. Damn, they lost the like, monk. Yeah, and that, that like his replacement basically was like under him and got elevated after Dave left for whatever reason. Um, and was like, listen, my bosses are like, don't even touch disc golf. So like, wow. we can't even sponsor Ledgestone. We can't even like. I think that I don't know if they had a problem with the sport. Like if they didn't like it, like something like really odd for like everything else going this way, and then all yeah. of a sudden that's a huge one eighty. Like. I know it sucked because I was like, I love Keen. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I've, as a disc golfer, seeing them support disc golf, I've been on board. And like, I was very excited to have these conversations to be like, we're taking it to the next level. Will you come with us? And for like the first conversation to be like, no, we're out. That's crazy. I was like, oh God, you know, That's like that bad. sucks. And, yeah. And, and like, so that said, I think there is a gaping hole where like uh, an, a, a footwear company can step in. Yeah, um, I mean, Adidas like had the relationship with mm-hmm. Macbeth, and I know Philo, Chris Brophy, like a lot of those SoCal, uh, you know, Innova at least call when he when he was with Innova and had that that Adidas tie. Um, you know, there's no. there's I, something I there. Yeah, I hope it transferred over to this crap with him because I I do know it's it's a derived from Chris Brophy relationship yeah. and uh Brophy's um, a stud. And, like i think chris like ob- yeah he's awesome dude and like he was so i didn't know him before worlds but like he came out the worlds he was so supportive he's super positive yes awesome to work with um 
and like yeah we loved working with him he he dropped us a bunch of like you know discount yep. adidas stuff um and like i i like from my understanding like that like he had that he saw it and he made it happen and like that's his relationship and so like i don't blame him for like holding it tight to innova or innova like trying to keep it sure. super tight but like um i also think like you know whether it's adidas or someone else there like like i said there's there's room like um mm-hmm. i've heard like a little talking about merrill yep i know there's been some connections with merrill um back in the day garmont started sponsoring disc golf stuff okay um, like yep. started doing events but like i think that they actually got sold and they're gone now but like i, I mean that 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 definitely is a product where like i think we could break through on a, on a bigger level like because if if a company said, "Hey, we're gonna make a, a shoe that works for disc golf, and we're gonna invest on like tweaking it year to year and making it better based on feedback," I, I just think it would be gobbled up and it could become yeah. like a new standard pretty quickly. It um, would. Disc golfers are so, so hard on shoes, though, and maybe you know it's just popping into my head now. Like maybe that was part of the issue with with Keen. Is they're like every three months we got you know a thousand disc golfers that are just toe dragging their way through courses going hey i need new shoes i need new shoes and you know that's tough it's it's concrete tea pads don't hurt yeah and like latitude did it with i think the t-link shoe and then they they jumped out dismania did it with the dismaniac shoe they jumped out i think it's very tough how hard we are on shoes i think it's tough to make shoes yeah in the first place you don't see a lot of small shoe companies i think a lot of these point a lot of these small shoe companies like go by the wayside real fast because i don't think it's easy to make a reliable shoe well and then also you got to have that marketing budget you got to be yeah. paying people like disc golf pro tour sean jack you need to get off your ass if i pulled anything <laughs> from this conversation it's that i love you sean jack you know, Dude, just joking. all i have to say is like what the fuck vibram like yeah like vibram made the souls that like could have done it right yeah and they're on the souls of a lot of shoes that like could could hold up um they make the the rubber sole they, they made discs yeah um and like now i don't even like i are they even involved in any way shape or form in disc golf we gotta we gotta get steve on here should i call him like or should we get them in here be like hey steve you know like take a break from the board games let's get (laughs) the shoe market back involved here i can't wait for those board games too because we signed up as a retailer and i think we've got 50 or something like that coming and we did like a card sponsor player sponsor whole sponsor uh, jumped in big on that. I thought it was a good advertising opportunity, and it's just something that's you know near and dear to my heart too. Playing, playing a bunch of board games. I think it'll be really fun. Yeah, and good news on that front. I think that they just like got their prototype yeah. fully approved, and they're like moving into next phase, right? Yeah, I think they're starting production like within the next week. June eighth seems to pop out yep. for some reason in my head. Um, but I think they're ready to roll, and we're gonna have Monday. we're gonna have some games to sell pretty soon. So yeah, I'm Boda Brothers, about that. yeah, Boda Brothers is doing good, dude. And I love how much of a visionary Steve Dodge is, and all the groundwork that he's laid. I think it was such a he was such a polarizing figure for for that time, especially with you know the back and forth with Gomez. And I think for the for the tour's sake, it was great to have a new face. We're happy you're the you know one of the faces that you know to me the face. You might be more more modest than that, but it, it was good to have a a new face for the tour because of that polarization. But so much respect and appreciation for for what was started 
with Steve Dodge at the helm, and I'm sure a lot of help around him too at you know, at the Origins. But it's it's well, amazing. I mean, yes, yes, and no. I mean, he carried a lot of it, man. Um, but no, of course, there's other people supporting him. But like, yeah, good I, for I him. Mean, to, to your to your point, I, I mean, one thing I heard, uh, you know, that that I that's resonated with me in the past few years is that. You know, this, the person that is the visionary of a company that's going to get it off the ground isn't always the same person that's going to, like, be the growth manager. Sure. And the growth manager isn't the same – isn't necessarily the same person that's going to be the, the manager of a mature business or, you know, startup. And, um, Very true. You know, like, the way I look at it is, like, you know, I'm, I'm a Lincoln machine, mm-hmm. um, hopefully a positive one that's going to move it towards maturity. Yeah, and we'll I, see. Whether I – <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hope, hopefully, you know, and uh, and like if like when the time comes to say, you know, like I'm not the guy, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hope that I can say, hey, you know, let's find the right guy and like let me move on to whatever's next for me. You know, yeah. like the the only constant is change, right? And so like I, I we recognize that like hey, we're gonna we're gonna do our part and grind and try to take it to the next level, but. You know, when when this business becomes, you know, better for someone else to manage, you know, you know, there's no dis, there's no illusion, you know, for me that like there might be somebody else, you know, just like, you know, I know it was hard for Steve, you know, it's like his baby, you know, like, yeah. he, you know, but like, um, like we, we hope to do him proud, you know, and, and like, you know, keep him involved in, in what ways we can. And like, I think like this year is really about establishing the new identity, but like, at the same time, I think I think he's got a role to play once once that identity has been established, and and hopefully he can stay involved in the future because you know he did found this and create it, and uh, you know even though it's it's moved on and grown past him, like he was pretty gracious and, and pretty incredible in, in the way he's he's found a way to uh, to support the tour even through probably a lot of like disappointment and not being able to be the person that's actually leading leading the charge anymore. You know, it, it's just it's interesting. It all it happens to everybody in every business, and like yeah. we're excited for our team to be, you know, like pushing things forward right now. But uh, you know, it, it's gonna be somebody somebody different potentially in the future. Like whether that's five years, ten years, twenty years, I don't know. I, I don't have any like limitations on it. I'm not saying I'm trying mm-hmm. to leave, but um, the one thing I will say is that I feel like I'm I am doing multiple roles. Yeah. I would really like to get into the next phase of venue development and put a lot of time and energy into like finding new venues, whether it's like ball golf courses or mountain resorts, which is kind of my specialty. Like yeah. I, I want to go to mountain resorts and say like, this is a perfect fit for you. We're looking for summer activities. We're looking for spring, fall, shoulder season activities. I know because I worked at a mountain resort as a ski school director for 10 years. Like I know the finances of it. I know like the business sense of it. And like if you work with us, put like a minimal capital like investment in versus like a 20 million dollar lift system yeah like, we don't need 20 million dollars you know like you give two hundred fifty thousand dollars, we're going to deliver one of the best resorts and one of the greatest golf courses in the world you connect us with your partners in the mountain resort industry we're going to deliver one of the best tournaments in the world like that is a great vision to expand venues to expand like the pro tour standards um and to get this off to a new level and i want to focus on that but in order to do that, I gotta hire a tour director. I gotta yeah. hire somebody that's like in it and like on tour and knowing the players and knowing the community and knowing what's happening. 
from event to event to event. And I'm like, right now, that's me. And I gotta, I gotta be aware of that. And I gotta know the playlist. I gotta know the details of every event. But mm-hmm. in order to grow this career, like, I gotta put someone else in that role too, right? And For so, sure. Like, uh, I, I, I definitely think that the next few years, like the next three years, five years, there's gonna be big decisions to be made. Hopefully, we're able to turn the, like we were talking about earlier, um, with the business. And then, you know, like, you know, as soon as as soon as you start elevating that level of any competition, I think that that also encourages the listing else. And you know, if some of those outside partners or shoe companies we were talking about to like say, hey, you know, like this is they're doing it right. You know, like now we're going to Aspen, Colorado, or now we're going to British Columbia or Whistler, and like any of these two or so small towns um, that like have like a little bit better like facilities or a little bit better capital, like, and you know, that's not to say like our venues now are are not wonderful, but they're built on the backs of volunteers. They're built on the backs of people that are putting their blood, sweat, and tears in to get to the next level um you know and you gotta look at it like a business versus like a club or a hobby or a volunteer yeah absolutely i mean there's there's a million other things we could touch on from you know cds needing to get paid and the subscription service that you guys have chosen to go to and the expansion of the tour one thing i learned is if we want to just sell show tour we just got to build a mountain over there you know we'll we'll have it just a just a mountain and a resort and but um, I know you're a busy dude. I really, really appreciate the time. We would love to have you back anytime. It'll be tougher because you are busy. But uh, I, I, I hope and I'm pretty sure this won't be the last time we talk. Thank you very much for coming on. Hey, I want to thank you guys for being uh, supporters and partners of the show tour. Appreciate you guys. I'm glad 